0: Exposed is a presentation of Texas Scorecard and made possible by donations from
1: listeners like you. Visit texasscorecard.com slash donate to make a tax-deductible contribution.
0: All of us have been fixated, and rightly so, on the crisis our southern border by the invasion of tens of thousands of people illegally flooding across the border every week. to recognize the more insidious infiltration occurring under our noses for the last two decades. Directly and indirectly, the Communist Chinese government and its surrogates have been grabbing a bigger and bigger share of the Lone Star State. We've already looked at how their frontmen now own tens of thousands of acres of Texas land, some of it adjacent to military installations, gobbling up food production and even tying into our power grid. They're digging into the state's research institutions, our universities, and even our public schools. They're manipulating the state's commerce and, yes, even our politics. And the worst part? We're letting it happen. The mythological Trojans were so blinded by their own greed, they pulled a giant horse secretly filled with Greek soldiers into their city. We're doing the same thing. I'm Michael Quinn Sullivan. This is Exposed, season three, the Chinese infiltration of Texas. It's crazy enough just to allow our biggest enemy to be purchasing our own soul.
1: We should actively carry out international propaganda battles. It's crazy to me that a Chinese
0: company could even be able to hire a lobbyist in Austin.
1: Everyone spies, right? Nobody admits to it. That's sort of the point, right? That just appears to be how these things go.
0: Hanban is just like the sun, it lights the path to develop Chinese teaching
1: in the US. China has entered really into a total police and digital tyranny.
0: This season of Expose brings together research conducted by the Texas Scorecard team over many months. Frankly, each episode is just scratching the surface of China's infiltration into Texas. If you'd like to learn more, see the original documents, and do your own follow-up research, visit texasscorecard.com china. In the first episode of the season, we looked at the vast amount of land being purchased by the Chinese government and its front groups. The largest known purchase was along our border with Mexico, adjacent to a military installation. In Texas, land is synonymous with education, whether it's the property taxes that fund K-12 schools or the state's mineral rights that fuel our flagship institutions. Behind me, you're hearing the sounds of Kyle Field, where the Aggie football team plays most Saturdays in the fall. Texas A&M was one of the original land-grant colleges under the Federal Morale Act of 1862 and the first public institution of higher education in the Lone Star State. I'll pause for your Aggie jokes here. You see, I'm a fighting Texas Aggie. I was in the Corps of Cadets and the Texas Aggie Band. It's an institution steeped in the traditional values of rural Texas that wears its unabashed American patriotism on its sleeve. Texas A&M commissions more officers into the United States military than any school except the three service academies. Many of the state's oil men, like the father of fracking, the late George P. Mitchell, have been Aggies. We Aggies love our history. We proudly display it on our clothes, on the back of our pickups and everywhere else. But no matter how hard you look in the marketing materials, the student yell practices, or the new student guide, there's no mention of the university's relationship with communist China. Texas A&M was among the first in the state to host a so-called Confucius Institute. Let's be clear up front. Most of these institutes, including the one at Texas A&M, have been shut down or renamed or merged with other more innocuous sounding programs. But how they started? why, and the eagerness of school officials to embrace them, well, that's all very revealing. One of the communist government's well-known front groups, Hanban, would provide Texas A&M a startup fund of $100,000 and materials to push China into Texas and onto Texas. The agreement between A&M and Hanban stated the front group would provide multimedia courseware and other teaching materials, supplementary materials, and audiovisual materials authorized by the Hanban headquarters, and to authorize the use of each online course offered by the institute at Texas A&M. The arrangement started in 2007 and was renewed in 2013 when a acknowledged receiving more than $120,000 from Hanban and therefore the Chinese government. What were they funding? They were funding a Confucius Institute. Using the name of an ancient Chinese philosopher as a Trojan horse, Confucius Institutes were set up to appear as an international network of educational programs providing Chinese language instruction, organizing cultural activities, and hosting Chinese speakers. However, these organizations had, and still have, a secondary political purpose that transcends the teaching of basic Chinese language and culture. In this case, the Chinese government wasn't hiding their intentions. In 2011, Li Qingchong, a former member of the Chinese government, described Confucius Institutes as
1: An appealing brand for expanding Chinese culture abroad. It has made an important contribution
0: toward improving our soft power. The Confucius brand has a natural attractiveness.
1: Using the excuse of teaching Chinese language, everything looks reasonable and logical.
0: A year earlier, in 2010, China's Minister of Propaganda was more blunt.
1: We should actively carry out international propaganda battles against issuers such as Tibet, Xinjiang, Taiwan, human rights, and Falun Gong. We should do well in establishing and operating overseas cultural centers and Confucius institutes.
0: China's former president, Hu Chanto, described the Institute's purpose as to increase our CCP influence around the world. One member of Congress who has been aggressively fighting the Confucius Institute's influence in higher education has been U.S. Representative Henry Cuellar, a Texas Republican. He pulled no punches about the Confucius Institutes and classrooms.
1: Confucius institutes and what they do is basically in higher ed... They'll go in under the guise that they want to teach language and culture, you know, good relationships between, you know, US and, and, and China. What we see there to extract information through higher ed. Higher ed is there for the diffusion of knowledge and educate our students and our communities. They have to be guarded about actors, you know, the actors, you know, the Chinese or other actors that might be there to extract current information that they're not supposed to be extracting.
0: In our interview, Representative Quahar explained why higher ed was such a target.
1: You know, higher ed is always looking for new sources of funding, and they need to get more funding from the state. But, you know, it it gets very tempting when they say, hey, we, you know, the Chinese institutes will say, hey, we'll pay for this and do this. So there's a a source of funding, and then they, you know, they, they provide it in a very denied, you know, type of presentation, and it becomes very tempting. So, you know, this is why, you know, we need to just be alert.
0: Texas A&M hasn't been the only university in the Lone Star State deeply in bed with the communist Chinese government either. In the same year, the Confucius Institute opened in Aggieland. One was also being set up at the University of Texas at Dallas. Two years later, one was established at the University of Texas at San Antonio. Texas Southern University got one in 2012. And a year later, the Houston Independent School District was paid by the Chinese government to begin a program there. Yeah. It took me a minute too. The Houston Independent School District. That's kindergarten through 12th grade. You see, that's the point. These Confucius Institutes weren't just about indoctrinating college students, but digging even deeper into our educational culture. In schools around the state, Confucius classrooms, the K-12 sibling of Confucius institutes, were being quietly established. Let me pause here to note that in Texas Scorecard's research for this series, we've been stonewalled by universities and school districts alike as we've looked for records. The senior journalist for our investigations team is Robert Montoya. He oversaw the research for the series. Uh, University of Texas Dallas and Houston ISD are fighting to prevent the release of information. They don't want us seeing records regarding these CCP-backed organizations. So. We know we don't have a complete list of the schools, but we know for sure these Confucius classrooms operated in Houston's Coulter Elementary, Sharpstown International, and the Houston International Academy. There was at least one in the Isleta Independent School District, and others in San Antonio's Northeast Independent School District, and the Capel Independent School District in Dallas County. Typical was the arrangement of the Hearst-Euless Bedford Independent School District. You could find almost no mention of their participation in the Communist Chinese program on their website, but payments assigned to their Confucius Classrooms account appeared in their records. In each case, the Confucius Institutes and classrooms were provided money, curriculum, and planted teachers in our institutions. Think of the irony here. Public school bureaucracies constantly shout about local control and decry any attempts by state lawmakers to put transparency or accountability into public schools. And yet, those same schools are willing to let the communist Chinese government set curriculum and hiring. With 1,235 school districts, many of which do their best to avoid answering direct questions, the exact size and scope of the Confucius Classrooms Network in Texas' K-12 schools remains a mystery. Meanwhile, the influential College Board, which sets the curriculum and standards for advanced placement classes in Texas and around the nation, was also deeply in business with China. If the college board doesn't sound familiar, you might know them from their marquee product, the SAT College Entrance Exam. The main point of contact for the public universities, the schools, and the college board was Hanban, the Chinese government front group that runs the Confucius Institutes. Listen to the way the former president of the college board, David Coleman, described the relationship between the communist entity and the college board back in 2014. Hanban is just like the sun. It lights the path to develop Chinese teaching in the US. The college board is the moon. I am so honored to reflect the light that we've gotten from Hanban. If this is concerning to you, then you should know that Chinese Communist Party's influence in Texas public education and higher education systems isn't limited just to Confucius Institutes. For example, the University of North Texas in Denton has 46 agreements in place with the various Chinese universities and institutions. Some, maybe most, are innocuous, but we don't know for sure. What we do know is that 13 of the Chinese universities with which UNT is partnering have been flagged as security risks by the Australian Strategic Policy Institute. And while their Confucius Institute no longer exists, Texas A&M has other ways of collecting cash from China. For example, a 2016 agreement saw China's Ocean University and Texas A&M collaborate on ocean and climate research. For this, China would pay $1.3 million to A&M in installments of $419,000. In return, A&M would pay Ocean $350,000. That's just one example. Whether Texas A&M has any current or pending agreements with any other Chinese university remains to be seen. Texas Scorecard has requested records to confirm whether any such documents exist, but that request is still pending. What's clear based on previously viewed communications after the closure of the Confucius Institute at Texas A&M is that the university apparently intends to continue working with their Chinese partner in the future. The University of Texas at Austin has gotten into the China game as well. According to the U.S. Department of Education's database of foreign gifts and contracts from 2012 to the present day, UT Austin received contracts and gifts from the Chinese government to the tune of $6.3 million. Most of these funds are funneled through China's state-owned petroleum companies, along with other state-controlled companies like Huawei. The Trump administration identified Huawei as a security risk in 2020, and the British government banned them from their 5G network. Interestingly, UT Austin also received four gifts from China's Ministry of Education from 2012 to 2015, amounting to a total of $140,000. UT has yet to provide us the details of those transactions. Our first episode began with a recounting of the tale of the Trojan horse. Rather than a gilded gift at our city gates, the Chinese government, its front men and affiliated agencies have come with bags of cash using shadowy corporate structures to hide their purposes. The Chinese government appears to be buying up land to spy on us and get at our food supply while influencing public and higher education. That they want to influence our culture is not in doubt. What else are they doing? Who else are they influencing? Our business leaders? What about government officials? In our next episode, we'll explore how China has been infiltrating Texas politics. All on the record, it's crazy to me that a Chinese company so closely aligned with the Communist Party could even be able to hire a lobbyist in Austin. It's even crazier to me um, that any American citizen, uh, much less a, a patriotic one, would even consider taking them on as a client. If you'd like to go deeper on this topic, see the original documents, and do your own follow-up research, visit texasscorecard.com China. This series is based on the original Texas Scorecard reporting of Robert Montoya, Daryl Frost, Emily Wilkerson, Kristen Saunchi, and Jesse Conner. I'm your host, Michael Quinsall. The Exposed Podcast is a production of Texas Scorecard. Texas Scorecard is the leading news outlet for Texas politics. Go to texasscorecard.com today. This episode was written and hosted by Michael Quinn Sullivan with audio production and direction by Drew Cook.